three, two, one. What's good, everyone? I am Dr. Nee. I am joined by Dr. Renee. Christian Alfred, go ahead and give us some confetti, please. <laughs> please, please, please. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of Docs Outside the Box, where we are fusing money, medicine, and pop culture. As well hey. as. No, I don't say as well as anymore. I've, I've stepped my game up, Renee. Don't try to trip me up. New host, new laptop, new microphone. You know, I'm not making those mistakes anymore. But listen, everyone, welcome back. Thank you very much for listening. Those who are listening to us through YouTube, those who, sorry, those who are watching us through YouTube, thank you and shout out. We are slowly but surely building our, our subscriber count. So yeah, listen, we got up if, to, we got up to about 302. Yeah, we're doing good with that. So everybody who continues to listen, I'm telling you, the video experience is quite different. Yeah, Alfred does experience. a great job. Y'all missing out. Y'all missing out. I mean, Christian yeah. does a great job on audio experience, but also mm -hmm. at the same time, so many people are used to listening to us on audio. Hey, yeah. we also got a video experience, guys, so you might as well check it out. Yeah. And um, once again, thank you for everyone, the day ones who've been listening to us on the podcast we appreciate it when you're working out when you're operating when you're in clinic when you're driving wherever, wherever you are and you're listening to us when you're pulling hey, your hamstrings like you said the last time hamstrings yeah we we appreciate it. if you're getting your hair twisted braided <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> and all that stuff you sitting there us, you got three people braiding your hair mm -hmm. we appreciate <laughs> all of that so dr renee Let's i'm up. in a hotel you at home kids are asleep we recording this um, late yeah life is a lot different now than how life was five years ago even 10 years ago 10 years ago we just got married or close to gotten married mm -hmm. um, and um, you know we always tell people when we got married we found out we had like almost seven hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt yeah and it was crazy we didn't know what to do we're broke we also as had, a joke yeah we also had a lot of other debt that a lot of people don't know about so everybody we not only just had six hundred and sixty two thousand dollars in student loan debt but Renee also was on the was on the lamb. She was running from the IRS. The IRS is coming for you like you was Vince. Was it not Vince? What's his name? Something Al Capone, right? <laughs> Renee didn't want to pay her taxes, right? So imagine Whatever. that we trying to get married. We trying to get married, and it's time to like tell each other what's going on. And Renee's yeah, like, oh, I, I was trying to you. cash in. I was like, yeah, I'm about to marry a trauma surgeon. He gonna pay this debt. I was still driving a Jetta. I was still driving a nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, we are gonna trade in that Jetta, Jetta for that. Yeah, we are gonna trade in that Jetta for that IRS debt. That's right. <laughs> clank, clank, a uh, clank, clank. Yeah. Yo, knee. I want to tell you something right now, but I got all this IRS debt. Well, how much IRS debt you got? It's probably got like two thousand, three thousand, eighteen thousand. Yeah, I was doing locums. Yeah, I was doing locums, and I had done locums pretty much for a whole year. But at that time, I did not understand the concept of being an independent contractor. And I wasn't even like, I wasn't even an LLC technically. Like I so was folks, just basically what she's saying yeah. is if you don't know what being a locums is, basically she was getting paid and they would pay her a certain amount, but they wouldn't take money out for taxes. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't take money out for healthcare. They weren't taking money out. Nothing. They just gave her a large lump sum. So imagine she got a hundred dollars. When she really, if she was working, if she was employed, she probably should have got like fifty dollars. So, <laughs> sis right. wasn't taking money out to give to the IRS because they wanted their money. So you was getting all this large sum of money, and you wasn't paying the IRS. Yeah, man. I, and I, I had to come swoop in and save you. Oh please, whatever. 
clank, clank. I plotted and I schemed. <laughs> I remember that. I was literally, I was like, wait, not only do we have student loan debt together, now I got to help pay for your damn IRS debt. Damn. Whatever, please. And you brought in your house. So don't even try it. But at that time when we were dating, we really, it wasn't really debt. It was being paid for. You just straight up brought just like, yo, the IRS on our backs. You know what Whatever. You brought but in a house that had HOA fees that kept going up. And finally, we realized we weren't even making money on that house anymore. We weren't losing money, but we weren't making Whatever. Money. We were just breaking even every month. Whatever. Which I don't know if that's just as bad, but I mean, for us, it wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't great. So guys, I finished, I started residency. As soon as I started residency, this is 2006, yo, right on that bubble, that bubble, yo. It was in Atlanta, I had no money down, had nothing saved up, and they were giving loans to everybody. And I got a three bedroom, three and a half bath. The house was dope. Townhome, uh, what do you call it? It's like a townhome um, no, condo. Complex. That's what they call it. Oh, condo. Townhome condos and stuff right mm -hmm. outside Atlanta right near like it was in mableton and um yeah it was one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. that was debt and mm -hmm. i had a really bad tenant when i was in miami mm -hmm. and there was one point where i had to start using credit card debt or started, mm -hmm. i had to start using my credit cards to make those payments it was bad so by the time i also finished i had twenty five thousand dollars in credit card debt because that's what i was gonna say <laughs> well, actually, no. Remember, I paid that off before we got married. So, oh, please, whatever. Money. Yeah, and then it impinged on our uh, wedding plans because then you got mad at me because I got the trolley. And yep. then, and then we also had <laughs> car payments, right? You had your lease. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, you had I your had lease. My you lease. Had your, what, were you, what was that? That was a Nissan Sentra. Yeah. That was I love that car. Yeah. That was a one ninety nine a month or one eighty nine a month. Uh, I think one eighty nine a month, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. That was a good car. That yeah, really I like car. the first one was the second Sentra was that was yucky. Um, so so I think if we totaled out all of our debt, we probably had roughly about nine hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. Probably or st not student loan, debt. but like of in debt. General. Yeah, yeah debt in general. And we had no so, clue about that. Tell everybody why we're even talking about this, because I don't even think we introduced why we're talking about all of this. People just think, hey oh, they spilling the tea today, hunty. Oh, yeah. Well, we spilling the tea today on purpose because this episode is money trap number four, right? Money trap number four, which is one of the reasons why doctors get burnt out, why they spend so much time working, why they spend so much time doing things or pulling themselves away from what they really want to do, which is, you know, work, but they don't want to work all the time and they want to spend time with family. So the money trap number four is, is having too much debt. Right? Mm -hmm. and that's a big deal. We talk about debt a lot in the show because it played a major part in our lives. Yeah. It played a major part in where we lived. It paid, played a major part in uh, how we practice. It played a major part, possibly, if we could even start a family, right? Because yep. debt, debt played a major role in if we were going to do IVF or not. Yep. And how we we're going to pay for that. And how we so, were going to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something that I think we were. I think for me, debt in general was something that I was. When I when we finally did all the mathematics and had our first meeting together, which to this day I, I think it was very contentious when we started talking about how we we're gonna pay you it off. always talking about that and I'm like it it actually was not that bad. I was well I'll leave it. It was like not that bad, of... Nee. You know, please, I've been knowing you twenty years. We have had way worse fights than that. For the friends who know us and are listening, you know to pray for us. <laughs> so come on. 
<laughs> y'all know, y'all lot. know how me and Renee Dr. get Hogg, down. You know, you had to pray for us. You know, we made it though. <laughs> we still trying, but don't listen to Dr. Renee. All right, it was beef. All right, it was beef. Beef was an ICU guaranteed to be ICU. All right, so listen. All right, let's start. Let's stop stalling and let's get into the meat and potatoes. <laughs> the money trap number episode. four that keeps money doctors burnt out. Four. So listen, guys. The reason why we brought this example up is just to let you know that we had a ton of student loan debt. We had a ton of consumer debt. We had a mortgage. We had a whole bunch of different things. There's a lot of um, debt that we all deal with that we, to the most part, I think we normalize. We end up living mm-hmm. with, you know, depending on which financial guru you listen to, they may say you look at it like a pet or you treat it like a plant. Um, and that was us. And we went possibly could have been us even at this point, 10 years in, right? Like, yeah, well, you know, student loans are just part of your life and you just pay it based off of that coupon book and you make those payments until you're maybe in your late. Do they even send the coupon book anymore? I don't know if they send a coupon book anymore. Anybody who knows, because we ain't got loans anymore and we ain't got to deal with that. Exactly. But I'm sure they have a way to send stuff to your house where, listen, they'll mail it to you and they will find you, right? If they don't get the email. (laughs) We will find you. They'll find you and they'll send you that (laughs) thick book that you got to flip, right? But I think it's, it's really key to also really quickly talk about one thing, though, is even at that point where we had all of this debt, I felt like I didn't really have a spending problem. No. Remember we had that discussion? Yeah. And I still, like, I think people from the outside looking in be like, yo, y'all, y'all had a spending problem because I don't understand why you would get a $175,000 house. Renee, I don't know why you would have 18K in mm-hmm. debt. You also got a car payment. But I really felt like I didn't have a spending problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. No, I felt like I didn't have a spending problem either, right? Like, you know, I wasn't somebody who went out and just spent just to spend, right? I spent on things that I felt like, you know, were for the most part necessities, you know, for me. And that, you know, that doesn't mean that I didn't go out and, you know, go to restaurants and things like that. But I was, you know, I felt like I kept my money, I kept my money close enough to me such that I got what I needed. But the problem was that I was probably overspending on things that I actually needed, if that makes any sense, right? Like, so I wasn't splurging like, oh, I want these jeans, I want these shoes, I want this bag, I want this, whatever. It was things that I needed, but I wasn't very intentional about how much money I was spending on the things that I actually needed. And I think that's what happened was that I overspent on those things. Yeah, I I just didn't do a good job of saving my money. I'll just be honest with you with that. I just would just spend money and Mm -hmm. I didn't buy Jordans. I didn't buy any of those things. I didn't buy none of that stuff. I just didn't know how to save money. I wasn't paying attention to it. And I was just hoping that I got the next payment, you know, two weeks later. And literally half of my payment went to my mortgage anyway. So that was that was a huge issue for me. But um, so real quick, before we go into our next session, I want to I think something is really interesting. I found this. This is from 2019. This is, where is it? I think it's something that people want to be interested in. Where is it? It's the top 10 schools mm-hmm. that have the highest amount or the students are graduating with the most amount of student loan debt. Uh-oh. Which is crazy. If this is your school. <laughs> All right, let's start number one. This is from U.S. News and Report, so you know they do their research. <laughs> number one school. Western University of Health Sciences. I think that's an osteopathic school. Yes, that's an osteopathic school. Yep. Tuition in 2019, 2020 was $59,000. Dang. 
the average indebtedness of the graduates of 2019, $295,000. Wowza. Second, Nova Southeastern. I think that's, that's an osteopathic, an osteopathic school. school, yeah. <laughs> in, in go, state, Dio, go. In state, $54,000. Dio is the, first, is the first two letters of dollars. <laughs> Yo. Out of state, $61,000. Average Ooh. indebtedness of 2019 grad, $286,000. Oh my God. New York Medical College, that's an MD school. That's an MD school. $54,000, $54,580. Average indebtedness, 258,000. University of Illinois. How is University of Illinois that high? University of Illinois, isn't that a, that's a public school, right? I thought so. $46,000. Out of state, $93,000. Wow. That's, wow, that's probably how that's probably how I made the list. Yeah, West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine, twenty one thousand dollars if you're in state, fifty two thousand dollars if you're out of state. They really yeah. want you to come. They really want you. Yeah, to be they in really state. want you to be in state. Yeah, yeah. Rowan University School of Osteopathic Medicine, forty one thousand in state, out of state, sixty six thousand. Yeah, they de incentivize Eastern... coming from out of state. EVMS Eastern Virginia Medical School, thirty two thousand. In-house, out-of-state. Not in-house. Or in-state. You get what I'm saying. And then Drexel University, Ohio University, Georgetown, rounding up. But Georgetown is at the bottom at $232,000. Mm. That is crazy. So you're already starting off in the, starting out behind the eight ball. Yeah. And then if you're not careful and you start going through residency or you go through you know, attending, you're like, I'm, you know, I've been delaying this and I want to get that and I'm a custom that is like Chris Rock. I'm a custom, I'm a custom that, that is. I'm a custom that is. I want to get a Tesla. I want to get a S5. I want to get this nice car. <laughs> a yo, that debt yo is going to build up and it's going to come after you, man. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that I think people got to be careful. And next, you know, you find out that your paycheck that you get from whether it's residency, definitely mm -hmm. when you are a an attending, you find out like half of your check is gonna pay, is paying off your car payment. Half of your check is paying off all of these different things. And you're like, the second half of your check, you're probably just trying to catch up and try to build savings. Yeah. If that, if yeah. you've been thinking about that. Yeah. That's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. We were there guys, so don't think we making this up. We were there. Right, we were definitely there. And you know, it's it, kind of like what you said, right? You're catching up, literally it takes you it takes you two paychecks to be able to pay for your necessities, right? And, you know, sometimes people are like, well, what's the problem? Like, as long as, you know, the month, as long as I could pay for everything, you know, over the month, it's like, yeah, but how much are you saving? How much are you investing? How, how much are you, yeah. you know, putting towards retirement? Because if it takes like, you, huh? right? <laughs> huh? Investing, huh? <laughs> if it takes you, two paychecks to be able to pay your mortgage, right? Like if it takes one paycheck, right? And then two weeks, two weeks later, half of that other paycheck to be able to pay your mortgage alone, then the rest of that half of the second paycheck, what, like you still got utilities to pay. You still got other bills that you need to pay. It's like, you literally are going to be living paycheck to paycheck. So paycheck I think, to paycheck. I think, yep. in, I think in terms of just like accruing things that are just going to increase the amount of debt that you have, I think my advice to people is, is like, I think the most important thing 
is I understand that you've delayed whatever, wherever you are at, if you're in law school, med school, nursing school, PA school, mm -hmm. there's going to be a certain amount of delaying gratification that you're going to get. I get it. The thing is, is that like adding all of this stuff together, you find out that, wait, you did all of this sacrifice just to get a paycheck so you can pay off all this debt. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think it's really important to understand a baseline thought process is, is look, what do I desire versus what do I need? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the real flex is trying to keep what you desire as low as possible and really focusing on what you need. I'm not saying like you have to live a very minimalistic life, even though there's 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 um, there's a lot to be said about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot more people are starting to say, look, like minimalistic minimalism is where it's at. Right. But I think most people who look at minimalism, look at it as you're denying yourself something, right. which depending mm -hmm. on how you look at it, you may be right, maybe wrong. But I do think that lusting after things and, you know, purchasing things and going after all these different things, maybe because you didn't get in your 20s, is going to cause some problems when you're in your 30s and 40s, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, people want that really nice lifestyle, right? I mean, that's the thing. When you're a pre-med and you start thinking about what life is going to be like when you are a physician, right? When you finally cross over that finish line, you know, you have in your head this picture of what it was going to be like, what you were going to be, things you were going to have, things you were going to be able to do. And now to get across the finish line and then have to say, well, nope, <laughs> you know, erase that picture because you're not there yet. I think that's very hard for people. That's a very harsh reality for people. And I think honestly, at that point, they're just like not even thinking about how that picture is inaccurate in comparison to their income and their debt, right? They, they don't look at their debt to income ratio. All they can think about is this is what I want my life to be. I finally have, you know, the authority to make certain decisions for myself. You got that you know, it says MD, right. it says DO. It exactly. Says PA, and now I can do what I want. And not to mention, not to mention that there is also, I think the societal expectation that, oh, you a doctor, like how are you driving a Pinto? You know, how are you driving a Pinto? You I know what I mean? Corolla. <laughs> how are you driving a Toyota Corolla, right? That's what we, we drive. We drive a Toyota Corolla, guys, just yes, so y'all know. we do. So. So, you know, there, there's that expectation too, right? I remember I pull up in my, you know, 1991 Nissan Stanza and yes, you, I would valet no, that thing no, if no, necessary. That was not an attending. You drove your Stanza until residency. Well, when I was a you resident, but hold on. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. hold on, hold on. Trying to act like five years ago. You hold on, stop playing. Hold on. But you got to understand people buy these things as residents, right? Right. People buy these things as residents because residence? now buy cars, buy nice cars as residents because now they're making an income, whereas they never made an income before. Some you gotta remember, some people's first job is doctor, right? Like you go to high school, you go to med school, or excuse me, you go to college, then you go to med school. Your first job might actually be residency. Your first job might actually be as a doctor. And so you're making some money for the first time. You have no clue like how much money is really this money, right? Like you, you don't know what it is. They tell you, oh, you're gonna get, you know, $50,000 a year. You're Shout like, $50,000? Shout out to all the, 
Hey, you guys need to be following Alduin Sumari. He is now, he's a resident now, right? He yeah, he's a resident. <laughs> so Alduin Sumari uh, just graduated from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. He was riffing, he's, at the riffing. he's on the Atlanta, Georgia campus and um, has made a name for himself on social media. Very colorful guy, very uh, great personality. Um, and now he's on social media talking about how as a... <laughs> Risen. As a medical student, as a medical student, he was just paying for everything, right? Writing loans, all co-signing all this stuff. And now that he's a resident, he finding out like he put in all these crazy hours and he's still not getting money. I think he did the mathematics. <laughs> yeah, he on did Twitter. the math. He's like, it's less than minimum wage. Welcome to medicine. <laughs> Yo, we got to find that and put that in the show that notes. Post. Man. Yeah, we yeah. got to put that post in the show notes. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so you have to understand too, right? Like, why you do that? Res why you resident? hear my point, then you go, but uh, why people do that? But, uh, but, but, uh, 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 but, uh, rest in peace, Tommy Ford. Um, but people do buy stuff in residency, right? And then it just starts accumulating from there. You bought a whole house in residency, right? How many no people? It doesn't matter, but you had the debt. And that's what we're talking about today, right? Is, People have too much debt for the amount of income that they have and for the amount of debt that they already have, right? So, so before so before we'd be able to tell people get a used car, but the used car, because the semiconductor semiconductor um demand or supply is down, a lot of these car companies can't make these new cars with, you know, the infotainment systems or mm -hmm. you know, if you have a Tesla, it's really hard to build this car. The majority of the car is a semiconductor. Or just in general, COVID guys, COVID really happened and there's mm -hmm. a lot of workers who weren't able to go back. A lot of companies a lot of companies that, you know, the the production line is just not the same as it used to be. So there's a big shortage of new cars out there. Mm -hmm. So the used car market is going up like crazy. And as a result, a used car is just as expensive, if not more expensive than an MSRP. Yeah. So the reason I'm bringing this up, what you said too, is like if you are even looking for a used car now as a resident or even as a as an attending, uh, I got some stats. Hold on. It says the average car payment as a first quarter of 2022 is averaging $648 a month. Yeah. And he, Yo, $648 a month. And then the average, the, the basically the average car, the average car loan term is now 72 months. 72 there months. There you go. Man. Hey, Alfred, you know, I don't That's... want to do math. Alfred, where is he? <laughs> Alfred, put the math right here on the screen, please. <laughs> you asking Alfred to do the math now? 72 months. How many years is that? Hook it up. Hook it up. I don't know how many years that is. You don't know right, how much 72 years? months? Yeah, that's six years. Uh, yeah. Hello. I'm a doctor now, so I'm good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anywho. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, you know, the whole keeping up with the Joneses, you know, really does stick with people and they, and they're trying to do that even in residency. But then once they become attendings and that five figure salary turns into a six figure salary, I mean, it, it can be really, um, detrimental to people's you know to people's lifestyles so they think that their lifestyle is about to get better but actually what's happening is potentially it's getting worse because they realize they have more money but they don't realize that the debt is still taking up a 
big chunk of that money. Nickel and diamond them, nickel and right. diamond them. And then they're buying even more, they're buying even more on credit, right? They're buying yeah. even more on credit. So they're swiping their cards, you know, they're getting a new car, um, they're buying a bigger home, you know, things like that, right? So, you know. And you gotta be careful because some people, you know, some people try to use the whole credit card thing of, well, I'm, I'm travel hacking or I'm credit card hacking. So, right. you know, I'm using my credit card for all of these home expenses or maybe these expenses when I'm on the road and I'm getting these points. But you got to make sure that you're paying that stuff at the end of the month, right? So yeah. that no interest is making because that's how they're able to that's how these credit card companies are able to offer all of these benefits is mm -hmm. there's a significant amount of people who don't pay their monthly balance the interest that they make off of that is how they're able to provide all of these great benefits for everybody. So if right. you pay that on time, they're not making any money for you, off of you and they're going to actually hate your guts. But, you know, you just got to be really careful. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that, you know, I think that's that's one secret that I think a lot of folks don't tell people when they make it to a certain point, which is, yeah, like the more money you make, the more problems you have and the more bills and debt that you raise. More money, more up. problems. You got to be careful. More money, more problems. And, you know, the other the other thing that we didn't necessarily mention is co-signing, right? So a lot of us may have co-signed loans, but again, right, society, society believes, oh, you big shot doctor now, oh, you doctor hey, now, yo. doctor now, right? And so people come to you and they're like, hey, can you, can you co-sign this particular loan for me. You know right? I'm good for it. Exactly. People will ask you, now that you're a physician and you making all this big time money, right? Come and co-sign for me. And, you know, I have a nephew. I love him dearly. He came to me, remember? He came to me and was like, oh, Tati, can you co-sign this uh, loan for me for this car? I literally oh, yeah. laughed out loud. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't co-sign. I was like, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's really nothing against you, but I don't co-sign. Why don't my you co-sign? Co my sister co-signed for me, I appreciated it, but she also went through the pain, right? She also went through the pain of watching me dodge, you know, <laughs> student loans, right? And so I remembered that and I was like, yeah, I don't want somebody to do that to me. Um, so I said, no, I don't co-sign. What I can do is if I have the money, I can give it to you. You know, I can give you money, but I am not going to co-sign. So, you know, we ended up giving him a little something um, to put towards a down payment for um, his his car loan or whatever it we was. Did? Yeah, we did. We gave him something. You don't remember, but we did. We gave him something. Mean, but him no. Something no, we gave him, I would not give him something without telling you. It doesn't even make any sense. But um, no, I don't co-sign because when you co-sign somebody, essentially what you're doing is you're adding more debt to yourself. You think it's not your debt. It is your debt. Like that is totally your debt, right? Because they would not be able to get it were it not for your signature on that paper. So technically it is your debt and it does add to your debt to income ratio. So, you know, you have to think about that, um, that you are, if you are co-signing for people, you need to be really, really careful because it can affect your credit score. It can affect your ability to, you know, pay your own, 
you know, your own bills, especially if this person is defaulting on their loans. So you need to be really, really careful. So I think it's really important that we kind of put a low key flex out there that we learned recently. And I talked with um, our new CPA about this. He's going to be featured on a new on a future episode, <clears throat> which is if you get asked to co-sign or if you get asked constantly by certain people to give money or to support family in some form or fashion, um, particularly if you have a side hustle or if you have a side business, if you are working locums and you're doing independent contracting, whatever you may be doing, hire that person, mm. right? And then loan them or excuse me, give them money as a salary or give them right. money like that so that it becomes tax deductible. Right. That's one way, particularly yeah. if you have someone who, who is constantly asking you for money. Right. Right. So then you kind of put them on salary and then it becomes beneficial for you. Yeah. And then it becomes beneficial for them. Yeah. And definitely um, always have some sort of a contract, you know, always have some sort of a contract, you know, as to. If you're if you're loaning somebody some money and you expect for that money to to come back, always come back, you know, always do a contract for that, because that could be um, that could be a very contentious thing when someone says, no, you gave me that money. It's like, no, I loaned you that money. Here's, so here's I, another. I watch a here's lot a, of Judge Judy, y'all. Here's another one, too. Here's another one, too. If you know someone, for example, like your your uh, nephew who wanted to get a car. Another thing, too, is is you can get a car, put it on Toro, or mm -hmm. put it on Lyft. So Toro is like basically Airbnb for your car. Right. You use an app, and you basically rent out your car to anybody. I use Toro whenever we go to a different town, and I don't want to just rent from Avis or Hertz. I go to Toro, and I can rent like a, a, um, like a Tesla, or we can rent like a really nice car. And if you look at all of the fees that you're not paying because you're renting from an airport— if you compare those fee, the fees that you're not paying by using Toro and you get a really nice car, it comes out to a little bit cheaper than renting from Avis or Hertz. So you can put your car on that. And now anytime you use that car for Toro, which is to rent it out, it becomes tax deductible. Right. In other words, you're using your debt, you know, as a source of income. Right. Like that's actually and, and, and that's then, but when they pay you. But when the, the person is supposed to pay. The right, right, right. Supposed to be paying you, so they're yeah. paying you back, or they're paying back, you know, the the business that purchased the car, right? So mm -hmm. your whatever business purchased the car, and you're letting him him or her use it, but they're still paying you. And if they can't pay you, then worst case scenario, you put it on Toro and you make some money from that. Right. In other words, yeah, you use your you you're using your debt as a source you take of the income. Car back. Yep. Right. And and that's the thing, right? That's really what debt is supposed to do for you. It's supposed to be some sort of an investment, right? That's why a lot of times we say, oh, well, if you buy a house, it's an investment. Um, you know, your your debt is really supposed to be um, an investment for you, it's supposed to have some sort of return. Um, but we don't really look at it like that, right? I think most people don't look at debt as something that is supposed to be um you know, uh, uh, an, an invested um, venture. I think people look at debt as well, you know, it's it's a substitute for cash um, and really shouldn't be that. So I think we should talk about, you know, ignoring those student loan debt, that student loan debt and pretty much the, you know, the effects that it can have um, 
you know, on so on doctors like in particular. Say you again. You talking about going on autopilot with your yeah, going on autopilot, ignoring it, um, ignoring the things that potentially could help help people decrease their debt even faster. You know, those are the things that I think you know definitely keep people burnt out. Right? You keep thinking about this debt, and you keep like just. I think um, Dr. Lucy, Dr. Lucy had mentioned you know how she basically had a full blown like panic attack just thinking about the debt, right? Like that was episode 285, right? And she just had a whole full-blown panic attack. And I think that she's not alone. I don't know that people have full-blown panic attacks, but I do think that people, you know, sit with the debt and it sees, you know, well, I think and it's a lot like, of people don't know what to do. They're not sure what to do with right. it. And as a result, they decide, well, I'm just gonna follow the plan that the company put out for me. I'll follow the coupon book or follow right. whatever happens in my email. Yep. And or I'll dodge it. People, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that there's so many different things that you can do to really kind of decrease one, the total amount that you're going to pay Two, maybe decrease the interest rate on it mm -hmm. or three, decrease the length. Right. There's just so many right. different things nowadays that you can do. And right. I think just kind of being stressed out about it and not taking any movement on it or just making, you know, just automatic payments, which is good. I think there's so much more that you can do. You know? Right. And um, I'm going to put in a link, but there is a, a really good article from student loan hero dot mm -hmm. com. If you go to student loan hero dot com and you go to the links that's in the show notes, there's a student loan repayment guide for doctors. There's also one for other professionals also. And it talks about all of the different things that you can do. One being refinancing your loans. Right. So if mm -hmm. your loan interest rate is at a certain rate, like you go to a company and they will buy your loan and then offer you a lower interest rate, hopefully. Right. Mm -hmm. um, there's also just understanding that maybe you need to get into the public service loan forgiveness plan, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, for a certain amount of years and a certain amount of payments that you're going to make after that, you know, the government's going to relieve or it's going to forgive those payments. Those are something right. to consider. Yeah. A lot of people right now who are struggling right now, interest rates are going high. You may not even be in the six figure range and you're wondering, how am I going to make my student loan payments? Right. Mm -hmm. There's income based repayment. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's like all of these different things that are out there that yeah. we can consider. We talked about it, you know, with uh, with Travis Hornsby in 290. That was episode two episode 299, 299 that everybody needs to go take a listen to that. There's just multiple ways that you could skin a cat to make right. sure that your loans are way more efficient and that you're for the most part, your student loan debt is way more efficient. You could do the yep. same thing with your what do you, with your with your debt. There's like high, you know, your high interest rate debt. Mm -hmm. Like You can a lot of people refinance those also. Yeah, you know, so. absolutely. I mean, another thing that you could potentially do is when you are looking for a job, right? When you're looking for a job, one of the things that you can negotiate is student loan repayment. You actually did that, um, you know, and negotiated some student loan repayment, you know, for your job. You know, we're should have went harder. Yeah, you should have gone harder. I had you know? ten, I had ten thousand dollars every year would go towards my student loans. Yeah, that was ten thousand dollars like before tax. Right. So, but I mean, I think yeah. that that's really important. You know, we're partnering with St. John Associates, um, and they're a staffing they're a staffing company. They do mostly permanent. Um, actually, they don't do any locums. They do permanent staffing, right? And so, this is one of the things that you know, if you were to um, go with a staffing agency that, yeah, you're going to want to ask, you know, hey, 
or you're going to want to present, as I said before, right, in the previous episode, you're going to want to present that um, as a potential condition of you working at that particular job in St. John. Hey, let's just be real. Let's be real. Like what? if you are working with St. John or if you're working with any staffing company, like you need to be telling people, listen, I got student loans. What can you do to help me mm -hmm. with that from a company standpoint? That's right. what I would say. Absolutely. Right. Not. It's like, it's like, you know, how we have Cedric, you know, Dr. Cedric who runs policy prescriptions. Remember he was like, like the whole notion of going to medical school or going to college nowadays, you know, depending mm -hmm. on where you come from, like you really shouldn't have to pay that much. Right. Like you, right. you may not necessarily right. need to go to like the big time schools, but there are plenty of schools that want you there. And it's yeah. the same thing with these hospitals. Like, it's like, yo, for real, for real. Like if you got a lot of student loan debt, you need to be negotiating that in your contract. ASA, I, I would do that more than the salary. I don't care. Oh what yeah, absolutely. And when you have a company, you know, that's been doing this for 30 years, they're not, you know, the new kids on the block, right? St. John Associates has been doing this um, for well over 30 years. I mean, their experience, right? Like they, they can definitely help walk you through what you need to be presenting to, you know, whatever new hospital that you're going to be going to. Think about the income also, right? Because we talked about, yeah, you're going to be getting a six-figure income, but every six-figure income is not, you know, is, is not made equal, right? So what does that mean for you? You know, so if they're if they're touting, oh well, you know, you're gonna get 350k, um, you know, working as whatever whatever specialty you're in, because they do all specialties. Their forte is is ortho, but they do work with all specialties. You know, but these doctors if... that know how to replace potassium. Hey. <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> so if you do know how to replace potassium, okay which means you would not be an orthodoc. You could still actually work with St. John Associates because they could place you too, because since they do all specialties, okay? Is that better for you, Nee? Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Just think at about know the- to, At least know how to use their electrolyte replacement guide. That's okay, that, it's fine, Nee, it's, it's okay. It's okay. They're not going to learn. Just get just get over it. They're not going no to learn. Just answer. Orthos are not going to learn, babe. I'm sorry. Just get over it. But, you know, think about the salary that you're making. We kind of talked about this in the previous um, the, the previous money trap with the income. You have to negotiate, right? Part of negotiating your income is actually thinking about how much debt you have. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think yeah, I think that that's what I think that's one thing that I think we can do a better job of is letting people know that money or money can look how you get paid looks different than just a salary. Right. Right. Like it's not just a straight salary of them giving you money. Right. Like, right. Like it could, it could be a benefit. Right. Like it could mm -hmm. be, um, you know, um, pay time off. It could be CME. Some hospitals give you like, right. you know, like $20,000 in CME. I'm using mm -hmm. that as exaggeration, but like, yeah, your salary may be like median with everybody else or maybe a mm -hmm. little bit lower depending on where you're at. But if you have really great benefits, then like it may outweigh having a right. nice salary. So mm -hmm. if there's a way that you could say, hey, you know what? I don't want to sign on bonus, right? right. I don't want to sign on bonus. Right. I just want you to take care of my, my student loans, right? Because mm -hmm. the reason I don't like sign on bonuses is because more often than not, sign-on bonuses are sign-on loans, right? right. That's usually what handcuffs. it is. Yeah, They're golden handcuffs, and you got to be there for three or five years. So I'm like, right. Just give me, you know, 10k or 15k or 20k or even more than that every year towards my student loan for every year that I'm here. That's yep. it. 
you know? Yep. So I, well, I agree with you there. Yeah. And then, and then obviously look, look to see, you know, how that staffing company is getting paid, right? Cause yeah. that's another thing, right? So St. John Associates, they only get paid if there's a match, there's no match, you don't get paid, you know, they don't get paid, right? So if you don't get paid, they don't get paid, which is really good. So, um, you know, check them out. They're at um, St. John's, St. John jobs.com slash docs. Okay. Yeah, we'll put, it, we'll we'll put, put that in the show, in the notes, show notes. Don't worry about that. But check them so. out. Um, they do a great job. They don't put your CV all over the place. We kind of beat that horse to death in a couple of episodes um, before this one. But yeah, I think, you know, people don't realize the amount of damage that not paying debt can do, right? Whether it's student loan debt. So I was actually going to ask you about that. Let, let's pivot real quick. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. And I think we kind of talked about that. Let's pivot to talk about, let's talk about this in a different way so that we mm -hmm. can kind of just, do you think if you were to do this again, you're 10 years out now, right? We finished in 2017. We're now like what, almost five years, uh, paying off all of our student loan debt, mm -hmm. right? Probably like four years, three years now from paying everything off. <clears throat> right. So if you could do it again, would you pay off your debt off early or would you take a more modest approach to paying off your, your debt? If knowing what I you still knew back it. then, knowing what you still knew back then, knowing what I still, but I didn't know anything. And that was the problem, right? Know like, what you know, now, know what you know now. Then. Okay. That, that makes more sense. Right. Knowing what I know now, knowing what I know now, I probably, for you. whatever, anyway, they, but I mean, you're asking me if I knew then. I'm, I'm like, if I knew what I knew then, then I would do the same thing. Irregardless. Like, anyway, so answer the question. So knowing what I know now, I probably still, I probably still would have paid it off quickly. Why? Right? Because when Why? I figured, when I figured out what, what I, when I figured out what the impact was for me, right? When I, when I, I think. What happens is when people like me and like you realize what the impact is, then we want that we want that monkey off our backs, right? So the impact of not paying your debt is having this anxiety, right? This anxiety of having this debt that you owe somebody and you just don't wanna have it. Not everybody has that feeling, right? Some people are just fine with having debt. You and I are just not those people. I don't like knowing that I owe people. The other thing is, you know, getting deeper in debt and knowing that, okay, if I either defer or forbear, or even if I'm paying it off, right? Even if I am paying it off, I'm still paying more than if I would have just paid it off all at once. Well, the whole thought process right? to the opposite is, well, knowing what you know now, for example, would you have been as aggressive on the federal part? Like, I definitely understand the private part. I think right? I would private, have been. The private part for everybody who is listening. I don't know why we always say for everyone. Of course, people are listening. For the folks that are listening, our private loans <laughs> You said it again, were, but that's okay. Alfred, put it on there or the opposite way. Our for the our folks that are listening? Loans, our private loans were like anywhere between like 9 to like 13%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it came out to a total of $180,000. Yeah, and about then we had private and then we had federal loans all together. Mm -hmm. That was obviously like five hundred and thirty thousand dollars. That was like two point two percent 
to like 2.3%. You're pointing in the same direction. Right. So that's where I want him to put the. Oh, that's the where numbers. you want him to put it. Yeah, put the numbers there. Hook it up, Alfred. Can I fit? Did I give you But anyway. Space? Right? Do you need some so, over? So the question is, is I get that you would take the private loans off first because they were at a very high interest rate. They were higher mm -hmm. than what most people say. Like they say like the big part in the road is like five to 6%. If you have interest rate that is more than five to 6%, then you should pay it off. If you have interest that's less than that, then maybe you should invest, right? Um, or certainly you shouldn't pay it off. You should invest as, mm -hmm. as uh, so the question is, would you still I think I still would have because that okay. anxiety for me of owing somebody was just that much, you know? And then the other thing is, you know, like your credit score, right? Your, your credit score continues to suffer, right? You're, you, you just, you can't build up your credit score the way that you wouldn't necessarily want to, at least not as fast as you would want to, um, because your debt to income ratio is just that much. It's just that much. And for me, like, you know, I'm not a person who, I'm not a person who cares so much about my credit score. Um, but for, for those people who do, I think that that's something, you know, to think about, right? Like how quickly can you, you know, re recoup that credit score? I think for um, me, the thing that I thought about the most was I didn't feel free. Like I didn't feel free to like yeah. move from job to job to job to job because I felt like, well, mm -hmm. like I didn't have the time to lose a job because or leave and go to another job. And who really wants to do that? But like, I just kind of felt like I was like, wait, like the right. reason I became a doctor is because I wanted to kind of just do my own thing and like be my own boss. And you combine that with like, like medicine is really not like that at all, right? Like it's right. It's really not. It's yeah. really you're employed or you work in this type of employed model. Mm -hmm. And then you throw on top of that. It's like, well, the number one thing is if I lose my job, how am I going to pay on my loans? As right. But that's part about, of the anxiety, right? Well, of owing but, somebody. Right. But I'm just saying my story. That's what I was thinking of. And mm -hmm. I think for me, it was really more like, yeah, I don't know if I want to stay at this place for three years. Or excuse me, I don't want to know if I want to stay at this place more than three years. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to live in this part of the world or this part of the country for this. Like, what if I want to do something different? Right. And I think that when I was, you know, when we found out about PSLF, obviously we didn't qualify for it, right? Because it was after when we, we graduated. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I would, would talk to some people. I'm like, yo, you want to be at this place for 10 years? Yeah. Right? I get it, yeah. and it's smart, but I'm like, damn, I don't know if I want to be in one place. But you don't have to be in one place for yeah, 10 years. Yeah, you don't actually years. have to be in one place for 10 years, but you got to guarantee that you're going to be at a nonprofit. Which most right. hospitals are nonprofit. Though. Most hospitals are, but, I mean, what if you decide that you want to join a practice, right? Like, if you decide that you want to join a practice, <laughs> huh? Yeah, 501C practice or something now well i mean i i don't know how many you know nonprofit practices you know private practices there are out there but um you know you you would have to forego maybe something that you feel is an opportunity just to do that um but for some people that's fine right for some people you know that that's really fine um I the think, other I thing think, was think, well let me just finish i just think that i i think a lot of professionals low-key don't value how much debt, whatever it may be, makes you make certain decisions that oh, yeah. are kind of subliminal, i.e. what specialty you're going to choose, Oh yeah. i.e. what part of the country you're going to live, i.e. what kind of BS you're going to put up with at work. Right, right, you know? 
Right. And um, it, it low key makes those decisions for you. You have no clue that you're making right. those decisions because of how much debt you got. Exactly. You know, and then not to mention the fact that a lot of professionals don't even appropriately manage their money. They're not budgeting. Right. So you end up with late payments. You end up with, you know, um, getting deeper into debt because of those late payments. You know, again, your credit score suffers. Like you have all of this, this big snowball effect of things that is happening. And then that, you know, that condition that you're living in, you know, then makes it harder for you to even say no, like, I don't want to work here anymore. Or no, I don't want to do this extra thing that the hospitals asking me to do. Um, you know, and I don't want to put my job in jeopardy though. So I guess I'm just going to have to do it, you know? And so for me, I think knowing what I know now, yeah, I, I think I would still have paid it off very quickly because I just don't like the anxiety that comes with owing somebody because that anxiety of owing someone comes with all these other little branches of consequences, like you just mentioned. And I, I don't want to have to deal with that. Um, if I could do it again, I, I think I wouldn't, I would do it the same way, but I wouldn't do it at, with as much of a scarcity mindset as I did. Right. Because I think what's that, that, what that mean? That means that basically this money is not coming. Like it's going to be hard to get this money. Right. And, okay. Um, like it's very, like you become very, um, not selfish with the money, but you feel like getting that money is hard to get. Mm -hmm. So as a result, you become very neurotic about the money. Right? Okay. And I think after a while I was getting very neurotic. Okay. Where's this next set of money going to come? We have to continue making these payments towards the student loans. Mm -hmm. So as a result, like you just become very more type a, and I was becoming very type a about making sure that, you know, I did extra work. Like we talk about, you know, doing locums and, mm -hmm. you know, during this time, you know, those three years, what was I doing? I was an employed doc. And then the other two weeks I would take locums jobs and I would work that and that's what we would use to pay your IVF, right? Or pay for mm -hmm. our IVF treatments. Right. And like nothing was going to happen unless we, we, we worked those shifts. And it was just very rigid. And I mm -hmm. just say from a standpoint of when you finish that, it's hard to turn that off, right? It's really hard to turn that off. And sometimes <laughs> that scarcity mindset. Well, I mean. For you, you it was. You, you, well, but that who am I speaking for? Is my is your is your voice speaking or my voice speaking? Right? Like I'm. Well, speaking for I'm myself. just saying for you it was. Right. So I, I just I think that that's one of my things that I look back. I'm like, mm, it's good to pay off that debt, but I think I could have done it a little bit differently with less yeah. heartache and stuff. Um, maybe not three, maybe four years, possibly. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But either way, I I definitely think that. Um, you know, we kind of beat this horse down that we were talking about how like the big trap is just kind of making sure that, you know, a significant portion of what you bring in is not going towards, you know, consumer debt, right. car payments, house, like trying to afford everything and keep up with the Joneses. You got to start yeah. keeping that money for yourself and exactly. just really understanding. I think the big thing for me is just really understanding what I desire, what I want versus what I need. That right. was a game changer for me. And um, I think, you know, when people start to really understand, OK, hold on a second. If I can't pay cash for it, then or if I can't, pay I can't cash afford for it, it. 
I can't afford it. Or if I can't pay cash, if, if I'm going to use my credit card to do it and I have a, a means of paying this back by the end of the week or to make sure that I'm not going over and, and, mm -hmm. and getting interest charges on it, then I can't afford it. Right. Cause I, right. look, we gotta be realistic. Some people do that, right. They buy it with their credit card and then right. they pay it off before. And then they pay it off. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Just that's to smart. get the perks of the credit card. That and that's smart. fine. You know, if you're organized enough to do that, um, then great. If you like me, you probably don't want to do that. <laughs> Because he will be paying interest, you know? And then the other thing that we didn't talk about, speaking of, like, missing payments and things like that, don't forget, like, if you miss enough payments and go into a into default, right, whether it's federal or depending or if, you know, if you have a private loan, it, it may, you know, the terms of default may differ. Um, but if you go into default, they will come after your money. You know, the IRS has a way of getting paid. Like okay. you will get garnished, you know, to at the extreme, right? You will get garnished. And then now you really won't have any control whatsoever over how much money is You're going child support to Sally Mae. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they garnish in your wages. One thing that I think Exactly. And you still is, can't see your kids. <laughs> I think one thing that a lot of people don't think about is they always talk about, well, if I keep my student loans as a tax, you know, break. Well, mm -hmm. that's actually a misconception. All these things that I'm taking, guys, I'm getting these from different, uh, you know, articles that I that I found. I'll put it in the show notes. But basically, yeah. it says the tax deduction for your student loans is limited to twenty five thousand dollars of student loan interest you pay. Mm -hmm. It also begins to phase out when your income reaches seventy thousand dollars. Right, mm. so you're getting close to that if you're a resident, you know, right. in your chief year. Right, maybe if you're in your like really like advanced level of fellowship, mm -hmm. and is eliminated at an adjusted gross income and AGI of $85,000 or $140,000 and $170,000 respectively if you right. file a joint return. So you know, just want people to know that, listen, that, that whole notion of, well, I'm going to keep the student loans as a tax break. A, that's not really, it's not really. Yeah, that might not necessarily apply, right? We can't say that apply. it absolutely won't, but it might not necessarily apply, you know, and this is where, you know, this is where I think if you don't have enough time to look up all the things that you could potentially do in order to decrease your debt burden, whether that's student loan debt or any other debt, that's where it might be worth it for you to talk to, you know, a, a professional, right? Yeah. Someone yeah. who can help you. Out there. Exactly. Someone yeah, who can had... help you to make a plan for this debt or you, you know, figure out how you can construct this debt such that it's it's not as much of a burden as um, it currently might be to you. And I think that that's really important. Uh, I think as doctors, residents and, and full attendings, like I don't necessarily think that we have the time to sit down and just, you know, comb through everything and figure out, you know, how we're going to decrease our debt burden. So, you know, the money that you might pay a, a professional to do it, you know, it, it might be a little bit annoying, but in the long run, it might actually save you a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of pain. Absolutely. So and they, and they know about things that you may not know about. So right. we had Travis Hornsby on. He was episode 299. He's one mm -hmm. of those professionals out there. Make sure you mention Docs Outside the Box. You get a really nice bonus. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we making things happen here with, you know, teaming up and and partnering up with uh, folks as well as companies that we think mm -hmm. are going to benefit you. 
yeah. um, as a professional, as a student, you know, as a resident. So make sure you guys check out these and support these people who are in the show notes as well as on our affiliates yep. and, and so forth. So listen, Renee, let's wrap this up. Let's let's um, wrap it up. Let's mm -hmm. wrap it up, yo. Cause wrap we, it we up. Go. We got to go. So um, what's the parting words you want to say for folks um, on this episode? Um, I think the parting words um, for me is don't ignore your student loan debt. Don't ignore any debt um, that you have. You know, try to keep, try to be very intentional about either whatever debt you currently have or any debt that presents itself um, that you could potentially get into, right? And so um, don't just think about, I want it, I want it, I want it, because debt is not a substitute for cash, right? Credit is not cash. Um, credit comes with interest. And, you know, if if you start to treat credit like cash, um, other than just, you know, paying off your credit card, you know, within the 30 day, whatever window, if you start to treat credit like cash, then you're going to be, you're, you're going to be stuck for a very long time. So yeah, just be right. mindful. I love it. It's great. Why don't we uh, leave it at that? I think I'll keep mine really short and simple and just be like, Hey guys, um, you know, you want to make sure that all of the investment, all of the sacrifice that you put in, you know, years ago, maybe even decades ago is really going to, you know, show its fruits. You don't want to mortgage that literally, um, because you have so much debt. Um, you have all of these different things that you're paying for and you're not able to really invest it in yourself, which is mm -hmm. health and wealth. Um, and I think that that's, that's where it's supposed to be at your physical health, as well as, you know, your yeah. mental health. That's the most important thing. So listen, guys, we are going to end this episode. Remember, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to let us know what you think about the show, if you go to the show notes, um, you will see that there is a link for a, um, survey right with in crowd make sure you check that out it's also an opportunity for you to make some money with your medical expertise so check out mm -hmm. in crowd we have a great partnership with them and then if you want to follow us uh on instagram it's dr Nee darko that's where you can find all of some of our clips some of the things on our episode previews on up, uh, upcoming shows that are coming up if you want to find out and see what's on our website, check us out at drneedarko.com. Um, or if you want to email us, email us at team at drneedarko.com. Let us know what's up. Let us know what's good. And we'll be sure to get in contact with you. Dr. Renee, why don't you tell them? I got one more thing. I got one more thing to say. Um, we have a casting call um, for residents and fellows, preferably those who are maybe one year out from graduating or in their year of graduation. Um, so look for that um, at Dr. Darko or actually look for that at Dr. Darko on Instagram. Um, and also, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, you can do that on the website. Um, and that will also um, get you to uh, the casting call. I'll send out an yeah, email I'm about so that. Proud. But I'm so proud. Look at that, everyone. You see how we grow in here at Docs Outside the Box? Remember it was just me struggling? We use a little scrub. They're trying to make things happen. Now we got Dr. Renee and we got Carla. We got Alfred. We got Christian. We got all these people up in here. I'm not giving their last names because I want nobody trying to steal them. From <laughs> right? We got all these people here, man. Trying to, Considering trying to you say work. Christian Perry at the end of this, uh, at the end of every episode, I think they you already know? know who Christian is. So, But listen, guys, we got to get going. We got to pay the bills. <laughs> guys, we will catch you all on the next episode of Docs Outside the Box. Remember, this is a fusion of money, medicine, and pop culture. We appreciate y'all. Catch you on the next one.
Peace. Peace.